Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very unexpected edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. It is currently 4.39 p.m. on Wednesday, May 18th, 2022. And if you tuned in to our previous show on Saturday, you heard us say that we will see you next Saturday. And Elio, I was not expecting to see you so soon. I'm sorry I had to call this kind of emergency edition of the show. What are you doing to me? I was upstairs watching Monday Night Wrestling and watching Monday Night Raw, and then I get a message from you. Uh, do you want to do this show tonight around 7 p.m.? And then you message me earlier and say, can we do it in 20 minutes? <laughs> this, is a, this is a rare episode that we haven't done since 2018. Yes, and the reason for my urgency is because I've had no sleep and I just wanted to kind of put this out there and then be able able to relax for the rest of the evening and try to sleep. That's cool. I get that. Ladies ladies and gentlemen, speaking of being put to sleep, (laughs) Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen, yes. Monday Night Raw sucked as per usual. If if you have seen Monday Night Raw in the last month, you pretty much know what happened on the air. And we will get into further detail on that on Saturday as to the on-air happenings on Monday Night Raw. This is a very special edition of the show because... We had major news break, and I felt it was necessary to release a podcast while the skillet was hot. And the news and the heat under the collars of the IWC as they completely freak out. It's, Elio, it's literally as if it's such a teaming up with Naomi. The two on three handicap celebrity death match. Oh no! <laughs> against Vince Man, People Power, John Laurinaitis, and the ever-present brother love. God, I hate you, Bruce Prichard. <laughs> Bruce Prichard. Go on. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. Yes, I, I I agree, but we are I'm, we're going to try to yeah, remain. We're going to be professional. I I had to give you that entertaining intro to the show. Now we're going to get to the serious nitty gritty of the situation because, in my opinion, this was pretty big. Mm-hmm. And, ladies and gentlemen, it has been running rampant since Monday night. Monday night. Is this a shoot? Is this a work? Let's talk about it. If you've been living under a rock since Monday, I let have. me catch you. Only because I didn't get to watch it. Let me give you the bullet point edition of the show. And no, I don't have a promo written on my wrist. I'll out of the rock. So, 8 o'clock on Monday Night Hits. And right before Omos and Bobby Lashley are set to enter a steel cage to kick off 
the in-ring action. There is an advertisement, and the announcers are discussing the upcoming main event. The main, the main event is scheduled at this point to be a six-woman, six-pack challenge match. Right? And the, the winner of this six-pack challenge is is going to face um, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair for the women's championship at Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. At this point, Sasha Banks and Naomi are penciled in to to participate in that match. And if you're a little confused. Because why are the, the tag team champions in a match competing for the right to hold another championship while they haven't done anything with the tag team titles yet since they won them at WrestleMania? That's where the story gets really juicy, folks. Because, let me tell you, people were losing their minds, okay? This happened on Monday night. I woke up this morning, and my phone was blowing up. I went out to lunch. My phone was still blowing up. Do you think that this is a work or or this is a shoot? So let me, before we answer that all-important question, let me paint the picture for you. So... So here's the official statement on the walkout incident that everybody's talking about coming out of Monday Night Raw surrounding Sasha Banks and Naomi. This, of course, comes from WWE.com. And Elio, I'll read this, and then I'd like to get your, your thoughts on the subject as to whether or not you think that this is a shoot or a work. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE Head of Talent Relations John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event. Now, before I dive into some of some of the interesting verbiage in that statement, Elio, what was your immediate reaction when you heard the shitstorm unfold on Twitter and all of social media? Surrounding Sasha Banks and Naomi, was it a shoot or was it a was it a work? 
Actually, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a work at first because uh, the, I didn't know exactly what what was going on because I haven't got I didn't get to see Raw until like I said uh, before when you messaged me the first time about doing the show tonight. That was the first time I had seen Raw because we were having trouble with our cable here since yesterday. Well, let me tell you something. As far as it relates to the uh, entering product of Monday Night Raw uh, this this past episode. You miss nothing. If you have, if you have seen Raw in the past month, you pretty much know exactly what happened on that Monday Night Raw. Now, in the interest of conserving time. We are going to uh, we are going to focus exclusively on this big story, and and give you the most professional, un, unbiased breakdown of this situation, and we will hold off with the full show review. Yeah. And and we are back after a brief little uh, stoppage. But as as I was saying, um, we are we are going to fully break down this scenario. And while Elio is away from the keyboard, I will give you uh, my take on the scenario. Elio had said. He originally thought it was a, a work because he hadn't seen the context of Monday Night Raw. But uh, this happened behind the scenes, as as you now understand because I just read the statement. Anyway, um, you know, I, I find several elements of, of this statement very interesting. The, the first um, the first verbiage that I would like to point out is is it says Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. Excuse me, uh, characters are not under contract in WWE. It's the people portraying those characters. That are under contract with WWE, and some people are saying that it was unprofessional of Sasha Banks and Naomi to walk out of WWE um, t- uh, recording Raw that night. Which um, you know, I can I can understand that. Um, that theory. If if you're taking this from a strictly business, uh, you know, decision and 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 background and and, and build up to this incident. However, Elio, as you as you step back behind the the camera, uh, first of all, you look dashing. <laughs> uh, um, but. I was just I was just asking um, I was just asking the uh, audience, you know, I, I'm I'm curious whether uh, 
you thought that this was a work or a shoot. And and I remember you saying before we took a brief intermission, you thought it was a work at first. Yeah, because I hadn't seen any, I hadn't watched it since uh, just before we went on the air. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, Pete, it's, like I said, and I'm, I'm harping on this point on purpose. I'm not, I'm not just repeating myself because I'm, I'm lost. But I'm har- I brought up to the, to the audience the, the first line in that statement that I found interesting. And I said, Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show. We know scripted. Whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. Number one... Ladies and gentlemen, we, along with many of you, have been watching wrestling a long time. We understand that WWE and professional wrestling at large is scripted. I find it very strange that that was included in that statement. Uh, Number two, there are human beings that portray those characters. They are not not one and the same. They are not mutually exclusive. Characters are what you see in cartoons. So, that brings me back to my original question. Is it, is it slash was it unprofessional of Sasha Banks and Naomi to walk out? If, as I said, you, you take it from a strictly business perspective, I could understand why people might say that it was unprofessional and she needs to, you know, do as the boss says and... and and things of that nature. You know, people hear that in their jobs every day. Um, I think what what makes professional wrestling a little bit different in that regard is that these people are asked to bring so much of themselves into their characters and progress and connect with their audience. You know, WWE gives them the the platform to connect to the audience via these characters that they speak of, but it's really up to the performer to make that connection to the audience. And I think, I think that's where Sasha Banks's frustration comes in uh, to the picture, Elio. Um, And I I know we were were discussing this off the air and, and you said something along the same lines. I think Sasha Banks got frustrated as to the overall uh, quality and direction of her character and where where she was going heading into this pay-per-view. And it was much less about one incident where we're not being happy with two of the with two of her opponents in in one scheduled match as was supposed to take place. Uh, during the main event of Monday Night Raw. What's your, uh, what's your, uh, feelings on that? So I think, uh, um, I think it's, uh, not so much, uh, Vince McMahon has the final word on everything, right? Yeah. So if you're going to be mad at creative, it's because Vince McMahon is blocking creative because they put out 
they put out like uh, all of all these uh, ideas, but then Vince is always constantly changing them, even at the last minute. If Raw's about to go on at 8 p.m. at 7:59, he's already rewriting everything. So how do you know what we're getting to see every week if it's the real product or the original product? If he keeps changing everything. Yeah, and um, you know. And you all, I 100% agree with you, and that's why I, I tend to agree with Sasha Banks in this scenario based on the information that we have at hand. Um, now, obviously, things could, things could change, and, and more could, could come uh, to, to the forefront. Unfortunately, uh, when we're dealing with stories like this, it's hard to kind of figure out what's fact and fiction because, you know, it's a, it's a common problem in the IWC with the dirt sheets and stuff because we get conflicting information all the time. Uh, what's not conflicting information to me is it relates to Sasha Banks in particular. And, and trust me, Naomi's not going to get lost in this. I have plenty to say about, about uh, Naomi when when we discussed the original uh, creative direction for the match that was supposed to take place. Plus, uh, Sasha's also done this in the past, like at WrestleMania 35, but she's not even the first one. In 2002, Stone Cold walked out uh, like right before they were, they they wanted to book a King of the Ring qualifying match with him against Brock Lesnar for June tenth in twenty twenty in two thousand two, and he didn't like the idea of Lesnar going over, so he walked out. Exactly, um, and I think I think it's important to to note it with Sasha Banks in particular, you know she cares so much I truly believe this this is this is not me being a Sasha Banks fanboy I truly believe this this is why I tend to um, side with Sasha Banks on this one um, because we have seen her passion for her character and trying to do the right thing for the women's division and she has been involved in controversial scenarios in the past and she has handled herself with nothing short of elegance and, and grace quite frankly um, and the example that I'll give to you um, without mentioning the actual word because I don't want to, I don't want this uh, podcast to get taken down when there was a situation with, with uh, Sammy Guevara a while back um, you know, every, everybody kind of knows what that situation was at that point. And she went on Twitter and said, you know, don't go after this guy. Um, you know, I'm handling the situation. You know, it, it, it will be handled between the two of us. And, you know, he's apologized to me and my husband. And, and she, oh, she... Um, avoided a forest fire for herself and Sammy Guevara because that could have been so much worse than it was. So, so that's 
the the first example of, of her really uh, doing what she thought she was right in a in a very bullshit scenario. Now, obviously, that was much more scenario, much more serious than a creative disagreement. But but our our point being, I think um, Sasha Banks is one of is in a situation one. She's at the top of her profession. She should be in a much better position than a a, a tag team title women's uh, match in, in in WWE. She should be at the top of the card. But but let, let's let's really d- dive into this. Ben, before you do that, let me just fully uh, pause for a minute. The the second point that I want to bring up in this statement, Elio, is they claim they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claim they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. I don't understand that. This makes sense. I really, I really don't because what does it matter if they had eight hours to rehearse? Because if you just said, you know, who knows if if in if in those eight hours the plan is going to change a thousand times, right? Like I just said, Vince is Vince is changing things at last minute. So that that really just sounds like a passive aggressive way to you know. Take take the dig at uh, Sasha and and Naomi. Um, I I really I really don't understand um, the um, the thought process of WWE here because you know I I looked at some information while you were um, while you were away. Uh, having a sandwich. How was your sandwich, by the way? It was good. Very good. So, remember how we were trying to figure out who those two opponents were that they may have had an issue with? Yep. Well, one of them uh, was... um, may or may have been, excuse me, uh, Dewdrop... Because I, I was looking at the the raw results from last week, mm-hmm. and two of or and both of Sasha Banks and Naomi's opponents from last week were in that six pack challenge match, and that's Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Okay. So if they had already wrestled so many so many times. Such as uh, such as this match, why would they have an issue? Yeah, so, so, that does, so, what's, so what's the problem with that? So that that doesn't make any sense. I think I think they're trying to make it seem as if this match was the issue and they caused it. I don't think that the match itself was a problem because. The original plan, according to what to, to what I read, 
Now, this needs to be taken with a grain of salt as well because this is from um, this is from the dirt sheets, and you know who knows if you can trust the dirt sheets because they've already written so much about the situation already. Um, but the the original plan was for um, I don't I don't know if I said this earlier in the show or not. Yeah, for Naomi to uh, pin the Sasha. Yes, which makes no sense at all. Because why would you why would you want to do that? Number one, they're your women's tag team titles. Number two, they haven't done anything with the titles, so it's perfectly reasonable that Sasha and Naomi would have a problem with it. And the you know the tone of that state of that statement I just read was very condescending, almost like almost like WWE is trying to address petulant children and apologizing to the fans for them having a temper tantrum. You know, I said earlier that I could understand if you took it from a strictly business perspective the how it might look like the two of them were being unprofessional. But I have to tell you, I am I am firmly uh, in uh, Sasha Banks's corner here because this woman cares so much. And right before I right before we went off the air, I told a story about how she's handled. Um, a, a very uncomfortable circumstance with with so much poise. Um, and then the other um, situation that needs to be called to to attention, I think Elio um, brought it up, um, was, you know, we've seen Sasha Banks take some time off because of frustration. Um, she missed six months after WrestleMania 35. Um, but, you know, you have to keep in mind the, the, the feeling toward Sasha at that point was that she was she was being selfish and la la la. But then you also have to remember there was, a, there was a story going around that she had pitched herself on the floor and was throwing a tantrum like the creepy little bastard Christian at, at, at WrestleMania 18. You were there, Elio. You saw the creepy little bastard. I did him. see him. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and, and long, long story short, that that story was proven to be completely false, and and the, in the mind of, of this of this journalist. So. These things really have to be taken with a grain of salt, and that's why I don't understand the amount of, you know, anger and and, and all of that in this story. Because immediately, you just you just saw this situation blow up. I understand why it blew up because stars of this magnitude don't happen, but I think it's it. it I think their walkout. Whether, whether you view it as unprofessional or not, is a symptom of a much larger problem that has no, nothing to do with Sasha Banks or Naomi, and that is their inconsistent booking that we see day in and day out. And God, for, God forbid if one of the talents has the balls to say that this isn't right. You know, so, it, it, sometimes 
sometimes I feel like like WWE just has its its ROA or the highway mentality. Well, if your boss told you to jump off a bridge, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't jump off a bridge without a bungee jump. You know, I, I, I'm 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 pretty sure you wouldn't dive into shark-infested waters because because they hung a, a shark cage up above the up above the uh, kiddie pool and filled it with baby sharks. Ben, did, she, did, you, did you see her appearance on Broken Skulls? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, okay, so apparently she because uh, I found a clip here. I don't know if I should play it or not. Um, well, I think I know which clip you're talking about, um, and just in, just in terms of copyright, I'm, I don't know if I'm comfortable. Oh, you know what, I'm not, I'm just gonna basically tell you what she, she said, um, basically, she's on, she doesn't, she's done with the pizza, she eats steak now, with vegetables, and she feels like she's on Vince McMahon's level. Well, she is. From 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 a talent perspective, she absolutely is. She should be treated like she's at the top. She should she shouldn't be she shouldn't be straddled with this, um, you know, worthless tag team title situation. Remember, remember oh. that remember that that team they put her in team bad. Oh my god, we 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 saw a team bad reunion at um, you know the double wedding of. Uh, to Sawa and Tamina and Reggie and um, Dana Brooke. Oh, and that's a whole other story that we're not going to get into. <laughs> right, right, but this is just an example yeah. of, of bad booking and, and bad decision making. And, and then all of a sudden, WWE wants to um, release statements that it was inappropriate. And I, we apologize to the fans. You know, th- this isn't an unheard of circumstance. Uh, you know, at, as Elio had illustrated before he took a dinner break. Um, and I, I don't know, Elio. Overall, what do you th- what do you think of, of this situation? Is it is it being overblown because it's the IWC, or or do you think there's there's more to this and it'll un- it'll unfold? Uh, as as the weeks pass, I'm just gonna sit back and see uh, what happens. But for the IWC, they did they take every they take everything uh, too far and out of context. Like this isn't the first thing. Like they've there've been other episodes in the past that have they blown up because it's what they do. Otherwise, it's not the IWC. They're they complaining is what they do best. And obviously, if you're listening to to this show, that we're not including you in in, in our uh, dialogue. We just, um, you know, we understand your intelligence and your brilliance, and we get all that. And thank you for your patronage to the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We just mean the AWC in general. Uh, yeah, and you know, I I find it very uh, almost sad. That we can come on here, and I think we've been on here for you know north of a uh, north of forty five minutes now, just about. 
Well, yeah, now, now, now counting the break, because when I edit this, it's going to be a lot short, much shorter. Um, you know, but we just, we, really, I don't have much else to say other than it's, it sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous. Like a, a couple of IWC, a couple of the IWC members have said, it's a work and then anyone's going to come back and join the bloodline. Okay, and uh, speaking of that, speaking of that, just in the interest of fairness, let me, um, because there were so many news articles written in 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 the short period of time since since this broke. So there's one report. All of these reports that I'm clicking on are from Ringside News. And by the, by the way, we were just dogging the IWC. I have no problem with ringside news. I'm just telling you where it's from out of out of fairness. So I I can I can read this. I kind of don't mind them. Uh, they they've actually gotten uh, better with their stories. Yeah. So, and and I quote. Um, Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of the building during Raw this week. They took issue with their future booking. We've uh, we've gone over that ad nauseum already. Mm-hmm. Um, the belief, according to this report, is that Banks manipulated Naomi into leaving with her. As such, there's a time... There's a ton of heat on the boss and not so much on Naomi. Um, but this, this is this is telling. If this is true, like I said, um, you know, and I, I'm not questioning ringside news. I'm just questioning whether this is a a work or a shoot because you know this is just our our opinion based on our you know our knowledge of prior situations with Sasha. And, you know, similar situations that we've seen in in 30-plus years of being wrestling fans. Um, They also go on to mention mention the time we were discussing when Tasha Banks was so frustrated following WrestleMania 35 that she requested her release. And instead Vince told her to go home and take a vacation. (laughs) So so let let me ask you this, because I also saw reports of of Sasha Banks is interested in going to AEW, but I'm like, shut the fuck up. My God, then hold on, I'm gonna tell you something. That you know, you know, I, I was reading earlier. Now, since Sasha walked out, imagine, and now no one knows who the Joker is yet. Right, yeah, okay, I'm sure, but um, imagine if Sasha Banks shows up on AEW tonight. Oh God! Like, no, stop, just stop. Come on, just no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm sure Sasha's angry with Vince right now, but, you know, Vince and her have been close in the past. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll work something out. Vince, Vince is not going to let Sasha Banks, of all people, walk. And I, and I like, I like how, they, how you can caption almost any picture. They show a picture of Sasha Banks, and it says, Sasha Banks has unfollowed Vince McMahon on Twitter. <laughs> what? 
Well, we we don't even know if that's true. I, I know, right? Know. That's why I'm like, how do you even know that? Anyone can put a caption like that. Yeah, so this one report is saying that, quote, we can confirm the big heat on Sasha Banks backstage in WWE is legit. And that she's not well-liked. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's true. Um, That's why I'm just going to wait and see what happens. I'm not going to do anything. It's just, hopefully hopefully we gave, oh, here's here's the report that you were mentioning about possibility of Naomi joining the bloodline. Let me see this because I haven't seen this yet. Oh wait, yeah. Now, now, this isn't this isn't me offering an opinion. I'm just reading this. I'm discovering this as I'm reading this to you guys. Mm-hmm. I just I find this interesting. Naomi is a true veteran in the women's division in WWE, as she has been competing for numerous years now. She's blah blah blah. Her booster accolades. Bully Ray. Yeah. Also believe she could be joining the bloodline after her most recent incident. Uh, is and, and, something? And and this is what he had to say um, regarding that possibility. And this was this was live on the Busted Open podcast. Hey, maybe this is all one giant story to split these girls up and get Naomi into the bloodline. If that were the case, why give them the tag team titles and proceed to do nothing with them? And then keep the tag team titles on them going into Hell in a Cell only for Naomi to pin Sasha to go on to face Bianca Belair. That's a lot, that's a lot of convoluted bullshit <laughs> yep. to, to put Naomi in the bloodline, okay? Um, okay, so he goes, hey, maybe this is all a giant story. Just flip these guys up and get Naomi into the bloodline. Don't know. If it's a work, I love it already. This is Heyman-esque level. Pay attention to details. Work. Uh, it is, and then I don't know. I don't know why this this guy is claiming that it's most certainly not a work. We don't know that for a fact. Uh, it's just so I don't know why they would say that. But um, the the other the other thing that I want to mention just real quick before we. Uh, get out of here, unless Elio has more to add to his take, because I've been talking a lot. No, I'm just gonna, I already said, I'm just gonna wait and see, like, what happens before I say anything more on this story. Because yeah. I, I know, I know what you know, what everyone else knows, and which is already a, what they put out there, but we don't know the rest, so just have to wait and see. I, you know, the, the WWE has a major problem on its hands because let's let, let's talk about another issue, okay? The women's division 
in WWE. And this may seem like a simple, simple fact, but I believe it's important. The tag team titles that Naomi and Sasha hold are the SmackDown tag team titles, yet they're going to compete on Raw in a six in a six woman tag match. I thought it was only. Uh... I thought there was only one set of titles, anyways. Well, well, there is. So why are they why are they competing for a singles title when when they have? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they're on SmackDown. That's why you said I heard SmackDown titles. Yeah, but what what are they're not competing in the capacity as tag team champions. Yeah, they're no, competing I, as singles competitors. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And six, and it, so it makes no sense. You mean to tell me that you couldn't find somebody else on the Raw roster to put it in, the, in that match? That would have avoided this whole mess. Mm-hmm. That, that, now, that's if this doesn't work. It just, to me, I find it I find it awful convoluted if it, if this is a word because, as I said, from what I just read, courtesy of the brilliant mind of Bully Ray, <laughs> if they wanted to put her in the bloodline, just put her in the fucking bloodline. She's family. Jesus oh, no, Christ. Hold on, hold on. Someone mentioned that. No, she's not family. So why would they put her in the bloodline? She's married into the family. You, uh, oh my god! Like I think that I think that was coming from one of the IWC. Oh my god! You know I I don't I don't get it. I I truly don't. But you know, I think we've gone on long enough, and I, I'll I'll be interested to see what the final thing is, and hopefully we weren't too convoluted. This whole thing is just it's very interesting. Well, if it and was, it, if it was, it wasn't our fault because the whole thing is just weird. The whole situation. Yeah. So, um, you know, we did we did the best um, that we could, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully you guys enjoyed our take on it. Um, and we will uh, see you right back here um, on uh, Saturday for the full breakdown of Monday night. Of Monday Night Raw. My God, Elliot, we get to discuss Monday Night Raw twice. What what, what contest in hell did we win? <laughs> what? <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, so, so that's all we have for now. Um, my co-host... This is a piece of interesting podcast from my from my host Ben. I'm Elio. We will talk to y'all on Saturday night. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. If you think Ben Pierce's anger on this podcast is real, can you imagine Frank Barone watching Monday Night Raw in 2022? <laughs> <laughs> and with, with that happy thought in mind, we bid you adieu on this very special matinee edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for joining us in LAO. I applaud you, sir. Thank you so much. You came on on short notice to help help me out. 
I damn sure had fun with you, uh, and I uh, can't wait to do it again on Saturday. Oh, and before I get, before we jump off, folks, uh, remember we are rapidly approaching a very large milestone for this podcast. We are well on the road to two hundred, and um, and I have to say thank you to the fans because we had. Our best episode viewership for a single episode with the past with the one that was just posted uh, two days ago. Now you me- you messaged me about this when you say we had our best. You mean like like that's the total of downloads of for one episode? Yes. So wow. so that so that we got 24 and I know that doesn't seem like a lot we're, we're a small podcast we're certainly not bragging or because well, I, I was looking at some other ones they're like in the 40s and 50s but that was from last year yeah so I so you meant this year alone so far yeah is, oh okay that's cool so um you know and uh, we are we are less than 200. Uh, downloads away from 5,000 plays. So if you guys could continue to help us get there, uh, I believe our goal is to uh, accomplish that by our four-year anniversary show, which which is taking place early in September. Um, we, we would greatly appreciate it if you'd help us reach that milestone, just as you've done so well um, over the last four years of this show. Four years of this show almost. Goddamn. Well, see, that's what happens when you keep showing up every week and uh, putting out new episodes. You go from, like, one listener to however many we have now. Uh, 24 downloads for one for a single episode. And, um, you know, and I was... And if you, if you really want to... Do a deep dive on the numbers. I know you like to do that at the end of the month. Um, and I that's, have, just, that's just fun. Like it just amazes me. Yeah, I know. Like I have, we, we, we don't, I don't do it for nothing else other than it just like amazes me. Like the numbers that we have. Um, you know, and, and I, I think, I think I'm gonna hold off on telling you because once I tell you the evolution of these numbers, and you can fully appreciate it. I think you're really going to enjoy it, especially as we approach this huge milestone. So forgive me for my rambling. Uh, WWE Creative has me doing that. Um, My lag of sleep has me doing that. And we will see you next time on a much more restful edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the greatest of you.